welcome to Brave and Boss, a podcast for the purpose-driven founder who wants to grow their e-commerce business. I'm your host, Christy Sumer. I'm the CEO and founder of the Ethical Fashion Line Encircled, a conscious business coach and passionate about helping you break through your limits and build a brand that matters. Let's do this. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the e-commerce Maven podcast. I'm your host, Christy Sumer, the founder and CEO of the slow fashion brand Encircled, host of this podcast, mentor, coach, and proud dog mom. Excited to have you back listening in on this episode, episode 183, where we're talking about the number one metric to predict growth in your e-commerce business. Now, I know that sounds like a bit of a clickbaity topic. But I think this is a really important episode because I'll tell you a story as to how I figured out this metric and how it's changed my thinking ever since coming up with it. So maybe about um, probably right before the pandemic started. So I'm trying to think of when this was. I think it was in 2019. I got assigned a mentor through a great program called The Forum, which is a Canadian not-for-profit to support women-identifying entrepreneurs. And I've been in the mentor program for, I think, five years, six years. And I've done some mentoring through it myself as well. It's a great opportunity to get aligned with business professionals who can help you grow your online store and you pay like a flat yearly fee, which is very reasonable. And you get paired with a mentor who you meet with once a month for 12 months. And I found it super helpful because you can link in with people who are from your industry and way ahead. So one of my mentors in 2019, she was a real deep e-commerce expert and retail expert in general. So she had been president of a couple of major retail organizations that I'd done consulting for when I was like back in the day. I'd never run into her, but her name was definitely familiar to me. And at the present, well, I actually don't know what she's doing right now. She might still be there, but she was running an e-commerce men's underwear brand of all the things who also had wholesale. But anyways, and so I remember her giving me some tough advice and I'm very grateful for it because I think she was quite pivotal to some changes that we decided to make in my business. But I, in one of the first meetings I had with her, she asked me, what's your percentage of new customers? And I was like, I don't know. And she's like, well, I think you need to know that metric. That is very important. And I'm like, well, I get a lot of repeat customers. She's like, well, that's okay. It's great that you've got a great repeat rate and people coming back to shop with you, but are you adding enough shoppers to your funnel that, you know, if repeat shoppers drop off for whatever reason, that you're still going to be able to grow? And I'm like, oh my God, I had no idea this was a metric. And I was very embarrassed because I consider myself a pretty big e-com expert. And, you know, that was back like five years ago, I guess four years ago. And that was a metric that I was not watching. I was watching conversion rate average order value, traffic, bounce rate. You know, I was looking at the returning customer rate, but I wasn't looking at new, you know, product sales, margin, all these things. But I really missed the boat on that one. And one of the reasons why I think that is the case is because on the Shopify dashboard, when you go to analytics, it shows the returning customer rate. Now that's great, but the inverse is also really important. So I don't know why that's not a card on there. And maybe you can actually change it, but I don't think you can. So I want to talk about that metric today because, and I want to explain why it's important and what it means and all that good stuff. So, all right. So what is returning customer rate and what is new customer rate? 
So returning customer rate, as Shopify defines it, is the percentage of customers that have placed more than one order from your store out of customers that placed an order during the selected day range. So the new customer rate would be the percentage of customers that have never placed an order with you out of customers that have placed an order within the selected day range. So you can look at this as orders, or you can look at it as revenue. I recommend looking at both. And if you're on, I believe Shopify, I want to say advanced, but it might be on the middle plan, has reporting. I think it's only on the advanced plan. First time versus returning customer sales. So you can pull first time versus returning over a specific time period, look at the number of orders and the sales. And obviously from that, you can figure out the average order value as well. And then you can also further dissect that by country. So you can, in Shopify advanced, you can edit reporting to add like country and stuff like that. So I do watch that by country because my e-commerce store services two primary markets and I'm always watching both numbers since they behave quite differently. So that's the fundamental difference between first time and returning customers. Now, why is this coming up? Well, I listened to a really great podcast episode and I know I've talked about this metric before, but I wanted to reiterate how important it is in the context of today. There is, I'm in a group called Admission, which is a Facebook media buyer community. It's paid and training and stuff like that because I run my own ads for my own brand and I really wanted to elevate my learning. And it's run by a agency called Common Thread Collective. They have a podcast, which I'll link to in the show notes, which is excellent and highly, highly recommend checking them out and following their founder on Twitter, Taylor. And I was listening to a podcast recently where they were talking about returning customer die-off in Q1 of 2023. Now, this was something I saw with my own brand during Q1. And, you know, you know, when you're watching metrics that aren't good and you're like, I think it's just, it's, it's just me. <laughs> and I think we all have the tendency to be like, well, it's just like probably my business, blah, 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 blah. And you make all these like assumptions and stuff like that. But I saw some interesting things happening specifically, I would say, in repeat customers in Q1. I don't know the exact stats for me or the industry, but I do know that our repeat customers for you, no, Canada, were down double digits in the first two months of the year and down like a lot. And then US repeat was also down in one of those months as well. And first time customers were down. So you can only imagine what that all equals to. We were seeing some really strong growth out of one segment of customers. So that kind of propped it up a bit, but that is not good. If you are losing, if you're going down in first time customers and repeat, you are shrinking. Your sales are shrinking for sure. So it is an active metric that I watch. So I think as a baseline, number one, the lesson is to start tracking first time and repeat customers, and then segment that by a few serve mar multiple markets or channels or something like that. And this, what we saw in Q1 in that podcast episode I listened to the other day, affirmed it, was industry-wide. There was a huge repeat customer drop-off because of recession fears, because of everything that was happening in Q1, interest rates being raised and contraction of spend, inflation on products at your grocery store, all of the things. And that puts pressure on the economy and then customers don't repeat. You know, for most of us, including probably you listening to the podcast, depending on what you say, a sell, I mean, it could be wrong and you can DM me and tell me, but a lot of us don't have necessity products. We have products that people 
would love to have or want to have, but they're not needs. And when the economy goes into a tailspin, needs Trump wants. So that's kind of what we saw in the first quarter. And one of the issues with that is if you're losing repeat customer revenue, first of all, you may not get those customers back, but then you have to supplement that by increasing your new customer acquisition by even more to get growth in your business over last year. And there was also, as I mentioned, at least for me in a couple of my markets, you know, I had like triple digit growth in one of the markets and the other one was down double digits. So they roughly offset each other. You know, Q1 was not a great quarter, but we did okay considering. But to have a whole market and my larger market down double digits is real scary. So not only were repeat customers not coming back, but the new customers were not coming back. We're not being acquired. And that is a problem. So the analogy that was used in the podcast that I thought was super good by Common Thread Collective is that of a sponge. So if you think of, you know, new customer acquisition as like, you know, you're pouring water into a sponge every time you acquire a new customer to your brand, like somebody who's never shot before, you're just adding more and more, more water. And then that sponge gets incredibly heavy and wet. And then, you know, as you start to market to your repeat customers and you're you're doing all those things like email campaigns and social posts and all those lower funnel tactics, you're squeezing that sponge and you're releasing the water. But you can only squeeze that sponge so much until there's no more water to come out of it. And if you're not adding enough water to the sponge and you're squeezing way more than you're adding, you're going to end up with a dry sponge, which is also known as sales declines in e-commerce. So that is why this metric and both of these metrics, I think, are really important to watch for you. I don't think you have to watch them on a daily basis. I think that would be kind of crazy, but at least on a weekly or monthly basis to check what's happening, look at them versus the previous month, look at them versus last year and start to set some goals. And we'll talk about that a little bit about how you can forecast for that. So now we talked about the sponge and new customers and repeat customers. And now let's talk about why new customer acquisition is so important to growth in an e-commerce brand and why I think it's one of the best predictive metrics of growth. So when you think about a metric, I always think about leading and lagging metrics. So leading metrics are metrics that are predictive metrics. So they will kind of show, you know, what the business is going to do going forward, whereas lagging metrics are measurements of things that have already happened. So you know, if your average order value was 250 last week, that's not really a leading metric. One might argue that it's probably going to be about the same, so you could make that assumption, but it's more of an assessment metric. Leading metrics, my favorite, of course, is new customer acquisition. So, and why that is, is because you need to always be filling any e-commerce. That's just the reality because you're going to lose customers on repeat always, 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 but you're never going to like replenish that unless you have new customers coming in. So that's something that I think is really, really important to keep an eye on. And those are kind of some of the things that I think is really important. Now, conversion rates, some people argue that conversion rates are leading metrics because conversion rate, I think, is really hard to change in a quick amount of time despite what conversion rate optimization people would tell you. But yeah, so I definitely think customer retention rates is a leading indicator. So if that's going down, there's definitely some time, some issue there. Customer lifetime value is important. So looking at, um, you know, on average, what's the time between purchases? 
what's the purchase frequency, that type of stuff, which is a little bit harder to get. You probably need another tool because I don't think Shopify does that in their reporting. I get that from Triple Whale. But my favorite one is new customers because if you're adding more new customers than are leaving from your brand, then you're getting growth. And if you're one of those products where you don't have a lot of repeat sales because you're a one and done product, then innately you're going to have to have way more new customer acquisition. So that's why there's no right number. My mentor back in 2019 was like, well, here's the number to target. And I was like, yeah, okay. But then what I realized is that like that number doesn't mean anything. It's kind of based on what her business was doing, not necessarily what my business was doing or my structure. So as an example, if you're selling like diamond rings, engagement rings, like your customer retention is going to be pretty low because like, you know, maybe somebody's going to get divorced and come back and get remarried. But like most likely they are going to buy, you know, have be married at least for a while. And if maybe they get married again, they're probably not going to shop at the same place because maybe they're traumatized. But so you're going to have to rely on a lot of new customer acquisition for that type of product. So it wouldn't be weird to see like a 90% new customer rate on that type of business or even higher, quite frankly. But if you're like a skincare brand, let's say, who has a regimen or routine, then you're likely to have much like lower new customer acquisition rate because you've got a much more consistent repeat rate ideally on the products that you're selling. So that's that's where like I can't give you one answer and I know that people are craving that one answer and I frankly think that people who give those one answers are just lying in this industry because it really the answer is it depends. So what I suggest doing to find your North Star new customer percentage metric is to track it. Like I said, like do a little download out of Shopify, like month by month, what was your new customer percentage and repeat customer percentage? And what does that mean in terms of number of orders and start to compare month over month, year over year? Like, is it growing? Is it shrinking? What's the revenue? Is the AOV going up or going down? All these things are important to look at. I wouldn't get too hung up on AOV because that can really vary based on your product mix or quality of traffic and stuff like that. I would more look at the actual order volume and purchases that you're getting from new and repeat customers to see, are there any opportunities there? And how can you close the gap? So we don't have time in this episode to go over everything about that. But from a from a baseline perspective, a great way to ensure customer retention is through email flows. So if you're not using email flows slash automations and creating, you know, reconnection series and tailored series to your customer, then you're leaving revenue on the table. For sure. Recently, we put in a lot of flows, I think probably 15 more automations into our Klaviyo account for my brand. And our revenue went up significantly month over month from flows in April. I think it was up double digits, strong, strong double digits. So it does matter to have those. They do help recapture the more personalized and relevant they can be, the better. So that's a starting point. Obviously, emailing your list is a great starting point. Engaging on social, doing community events, Facebook group, that kind of stuff, all that kind of stuff. Launching products is a great way to retain customers. I've noticed at least like a 60 plus percent repeat rate on new new product launches or having promotions or sales. Those are other ways to boost it. But new customer acquisition is tricky. Like there's so many ways to acquire a new customer. And one thing I recommend doing is like spending some time if you haven't already. So shameless plug for two things. One is my email marketing course, email marketing masterclass. So if you want to get set up for how to do flows and campaigns and set up a list and optimize and all that kind of stuff, go check that out on christysumer.com. The other one is my goal setting and 
90-day marketing plan mini course, which is a really affordable price. You get templates, you get training videos. And that one's recommended because, again, there's no silver bullet in terms of what works the best for acquisition of customers. And why I say this, and I'm delaying a little bit because I wanted to pull up some data just to make sure that I was accurate. Uh, Just trying to see my survey report. Okay, let me look. Oh, last 30 days. Okay. So I use an app. I talked about it on the last episode called Triple Will. It has a post-purchase survey, which is installed after a store. It shows up and people can choose an option and it will count the percentage, the revenue, the AOV of the order. I think it also breaks it down by maybe by new versus repeat. But anyways, Great data. Highest referral channel that led to purchase today, the last 30 days, Instagram, email, followed by Facebook, none the above, influencer created, Google, referred by a friend, Pinterest. Pinterest always rolling in there with like zero, basically. So if you take a course on pinning and expect your brand to blow up, it's very rare. So this is great to figure it out because like, oh, think about this. Like, you know, if we're getting like 30% of our sales from Instagram, like that's pretty cool. Has that gone up versus last year? Let's look like, let's say you know, metrics are what they are. So let's look at like the comparison to the month prior, for example, because we did have it installed and email outperformed Instagram. So that's interesting. So something we're doing on Instagram might be working pretty well. So those are all the kind of clues and data you need to get into and then say to yourself, okay, like it looks like, you know, Instagram's working pretty well for a customer acquisition channel. What else can we do on Instagram? Could we partner with more creators? Could we do a live event? Could we do a series on educating our customers? Could we do a contest? Could we do all this stuff, a promo code, exclusive, a flash sale? Like you need to start building ideas for how to get new customers into your brand. And you should always be building these ideas. That's the thing. Like there's no time almost in the world, although some podcasts would argue if cost of customer acquisition goes through the roof for pay channels. That's the time not to acquire customers, i.e. Q4, basically. But most times brands need to pretty much always be acquiring customers because otherwise that sponge, that sponge is going to get dry. So if you didn't do a lot of new customer acquisition in Q4 of 2022, Q1 starts to look very grim. And that was definitely the situation with us because we had an agency that was terrible and blew up our social channels and gave me a nervous breakdown. So paid social channels, I should say. Anyways, so that's kind of the nuts and bolts of new customer acquisition, repeat rate, why that new customer percentage metric really matters, and some tips on how to track it and some things you can do to make it better. So I hope you enjoyed this episode and learned a lot about new customers and repeat and why this matters. And I encourage you to open up a Google Sheet. Don't make it fancy. Just start tracking these metrics today and see what you learn. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate and review it and we'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you for listening to Brave and Boss, the podcast. If you want to take your e-commerce brand to the next level, be sure to check out my website at christysumer.com where you can find all the show notes, free resources and blog posts and principles to help you grow your online store. You can also follow me at K-R-I-S-T-I-S-O-O-M-E-R on Instagram. Find your purpose, make it happen. I'll talk to you soon.